shall we pray father in the name of jesus we thank you for today we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence um, and to study your word <clears throat> holy spirit we are praying that you come and teach us this evening we ask of oh god that you open the eyes of our understanding O oh god we pray in the name of jesus that you open our heart to receive your word in the name of jesus give us a deep understanding into your word give us an insight O oh god and enable us to walk in the revelation of your word enable us to walk in obedience to your word in the mighty name of jesus we pray with thanksgiving amen okay <clears throat> right the last time that we met we did um revelations chapter um chapter three and we talked about the last three churches um we spoke about Sa um, sadis which is the dead church and we talked about the faithful church which is philadelphia um and we also mentioned that um christians were going to be taken out of the tribulation and they were not going to um go through the tribulation because god promised the faithful church that jesus christ promised the faithful church that he was going to take them away from the hour of tribulation which means that um the church of god will not um go through the tribulation will be um, taken out of the tribulation. And then we saw the Laodicean church, which is um, the lukewarm church. And Christ told them that um, he wished that they were warm or they were cold. But because they were lukewarm, he was going to spew them out of his his mouth. And this church had, um, <clears throat> this church, um, had a form of confession. Or they were saying that they were rich, but Christ reminded them that they were poor. And so um, last week we ended at looking at all the seven churches and one of one of some a few things that we learned so far is that christ is mindful of our works and he he knows our works <clears throat> they are not hidden from him he knows all things that goes on in our lives and again we said the seven churches could represent the life of a christian a christian could represent the life of a church or could represent the body of christ anywhere um or the church anywhere Again, we also mentioned that these churches were actually churches that existed at the time the letter was being written. And we know from the New Testament that um, the writing of letters to a group of people or to, to the church was something that was very common in those days. And so we see Paul writing letters to the churches. We saw Ephesians or the church of Ephesus, which was the first church that we discussed. Paul wrote a letter to them. We saw that the Laodicean church also, Paul wrote a letter to them. And so writing of letters to the churches or to a group of people was, was um, one of the common ways that, um, that um, leaders used to dis, um, um, communicate with their people. Um, it wasn't like in our days now where we have um, a lot of technology and a lot of means to communicate. But those days they used to write letters and they communicated to their people um, when they wanted to do so. And so, today we are going to look at our Revelation chapter 4. I was planning that we look at chapter 4 and 5, but um, <clears throat> I felt that it's important um, to discuss chapter 4. And as we are discussing chapter 4, I wanted, uh, I wanted us to touch on the rapture of the church. Because last week I mentioned that the church was going to be taken away from the tribulation um, and and which means that the church the church was going to be raptured from the tribulation so 
um, this week I just wanted to um, um, touch on the rapture first and then we will talk about um, chapter 4. I'm going to I I'm, I'm going to share my um I want to share my screen with with you if um if it's, if it's not possible I can just I can just read from from the slides here. So the word rapture is not actually in the Bible. The word itself rapture is not in the Bible. But it represents the catching away of the church at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Um, the appearing of Jesus Christ is different from the second coming of Jesus Christ. So rapture, it's, the word rapture has been, um, has been used to represent the catching away of the church, even though the word itself is not in the Bible. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so I'm sharing my slides now. So the word rapture itself is not in the Bible, but it represents the catching away of the church. It comes from the Latin word raptura, which means to seize. And the Greek word, it's one of the Greek words in the Bible that I love so much, which means hapazo. That is to be catch, um, to be snatched away or to be seized. It's what we, we Christians call rapture. And so Christians believe that at a certain point, even though there's, we don't have a consensus on the timing of the rapture, we all believe that at some, at some point, Christ is going to catch away the church. Now, when Christ is coming for the church, it is, that is not the second coming of Jesus Christ. That is just the appearing of Jesus Christ. So there's a difference between his second coming when he's actually going to touch the earth and his appearing where he's going to be in the clouds and the believers are going to meet with Christ in the clouds. So the rapture of the church is not the second coming of Christ. And the second coming of Christ, during the second coming of Christ, he's actually coming down with the believers and with the saints. So first, Christ is going to appear in the sky and the church, will, um, we are going to look at the scriptures that mention those things, and the church will be caught up with Christ in the sky. And then, in the second coming, the church will come with Christ to the earth. And so there's a difference between the appearing of Christ, which is the rapture of the church, and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the difference is, uh, the difference is that in the second coming, he's actually coming down to the earth. And that is when the Bible says that all eyes will see him. In the appearing of Jesus Christ, not all eyes will see him. The believers will see him because the believers will meet him in the sky. Both the dead and, um, and the people who are alive will meet um, and the believers who are alive will meet with Jesus Christ in the sky. So rapture is the catching away of the church. Now, there have been some similarities of rapture that has happened right from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And we're going to look at those words today. In Genesis chapter 5 verse 25, the Bible says that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. And another way of saying is God snatched him. God took him away from the earth. He walked with God. And because he walked with God, the Bible says he was not. God took him away. That is what's, what's going to happen to the church of God at the end of the age. God is going to take the church away. God is going to remove the church from the earth. 
just like Enoch was removed from the earth. And the Bible talks about Elijah as well, that in, 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 uh, in, in the book of 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11, the Bible says that as they were walking, that is, as Elijah and Elisha were walking along and talking together, suddenly chariot of fire with, um, with horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah was snatched away, just like the church is going to be snatched away. These are similarities of rapture that has happened in the Bible that we know of, that Elijah was snatched away by the chariot of fire. And if these things have happened before in the Bible, it is not far-fetched that it can happen again. And again, we see in Jesus, um, in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 19, the Bible says that when Jesus Christ resurrected this was the ascension i mean at this point in uh, let me just read acts chapter 1 verse 19 the bible says that um i'm sorry it's acts chapter 1 verse 9 the bible says that now when he had spoken these things they watched while they watched he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfast towards heaven, as he went up, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in like in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And so the angel reminded the people who were looking, the disciples who were looking up into heaven, that just like they have seen Jesus go into heaven, he's going to come down in the same manner. Now, this was a very important experience for the disciples because when, um, when Jesus Christ was on earth, he kept telling them that he is he's coming from heaven. He kept telling them that he is God. He is the son of God. He is God. And that these disciples... We know that some of them even doubted. But at the point where they saw Jesus Christ actually go into, go into heaven and the cloud received him, at that point, nothing was going to change their mind. It would be impossible for anyone to tell them that this Jesus Christ is not God. And this tells in the way they went out witnessing because they had seen the man actually going into heaven. He was just, he was just, he just defy um, the law of gravity and started going up, up, up. And they saw him going up until he was covered with the class. At this point, it was impossible for anyone to tell them that Jesus Christ was not God. And so I'm sure that when they went out after what they had saw, they, they became radical witnesses and they kept telling people about Jesus Christ because they, had, they, they were convinced beyond reasonable doubt. If anybody at all had any doubt after the resurrection of Jesus, I'm sure after they saw the man go up into heaven, there was no way anybody could tell them that he wasn't God. And so we saw Jesus Christ also being lifted up into heaven. That is also another form or similarity or a similar form of rapture. Now, in, in the book of Acts, the Bible talk, uh, um, tells us about Philip, that uh, in Acts chapter 8, verse 39, the Bible says, Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip. Now the word caught there is the same word, hapazo, that is used to represent the catching away of the church. So Philip was caught away 
so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went away rejoicing. But in the case of Philip, he was caught from one city to another city. So Philip was not caught into heaven, but he was caught from one city to another city. But the same word, harpazo, that is the snatching or the season or the catching, was the same term that is used there, that Philip was caught away. And so these are similarities of the rapture that we can see from the Bible. Jesus alluded to the rapture in Matthew chapter 24 when he, say, when he said that um, Matthew chapter 24 verse 37 to 42 he said but as the days of Noah as the days of Noah were so also will the coming of the Lord be for as in the days for us in the days before the flood they went they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. So this also gives us an idea of the rapture jesus christ alluded to the catching away or the people being taken away and so he said that there will be two men one will be taken and the other will be left will be left behind. He, he compared that coming to um to the time of noah when the people were it, it it does not necessarily mean that the eating and the drinking and the marrying was wrong but then they did it without god without giving glory to god without acknowledging god they just didn't care. They were living their lives as usual. But Noah was watchful because Noah had heard the word of God that there was going to be flood. He was warning the people. They were not listening. So Noah and his family were prepared for the flood. Now, in the case of the rapture, the church also has to be watchful. The church has to be prepared. The church has to heed to the warning. The church has to listen to the word of God and obey the word of God so that they will not be caught by surprise. And the Bible says that these people, the, um, it, it mentioned that two, two women will be grinding in the mill and then one will be taken away. So one will be removed, one will be seized, just like it is described in the rapture, just like in the case of Noah, when he was, he was taken, um, I'm sorry, just like in the case of Enoch, when he was taken away, just like in the case of Elijah and Elisha, the two of them were walking, they were talking together and Elijah was snatched away. And just like in the case of Philip and the eunuch, the eunuch that Philip ministered to, they were talking. They were coming out of the water after Philip had baptized him and Philip was taken away. Philip, Philip was, was caught away, was snatched away. It's the same thing that is going to happen with believers. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 to 17 tells us, For the Lord himself would descend, with, would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. And with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught, shall be haphazard together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we, and, and thus we shall always be with him. So this is the appearing of Jesus Christ. It's not the second coming of Jesus Christ. In the appearing of Jesus Christ, the church will be caught up with Jesus Christ in the air. 
And the Bible tells us here, and when Paul was writing this, he was alive. So he said, then we who are alive and remain. He was in, among those who are alive at that time and remain says that he says that we will be caught up with the dead and we will meet the Lord in the clouds. So Jesus Christ will descend into the clouds during the rapture of the church and the church will be caught up with Jesus Christ in the cloud. Amen. In first um in first uh, Corinthians chapter 15 verse um 50 to 58 it also describes what is going to happen at the rapture of the church the bible says now now this i say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does corruption inherit incorruption behold i tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So so then this corruptible has so when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same thus it is written death is swallowed up in victory and so this is um this is um paul again describing the rapture of the church and he's saying that again referring to himself and those who are alive at that time that they will be transformed in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet when you look at everything that we have read it mentions a trumpet it mentions a sound it mentions a voice and we can see that again in Revelation chapter 4 and Paul is saying that those who are alive will be transformed again we see that the dead and the people who are alive are all going to be transformed and they are going to meet the Lord as it is said in Thessalonians so the rapture of the church will be a time when the church of Christ will be snatched away from the earth will be taken away the people who are alive Will be transformed their bodies will be transformed those who are dead the bible says they will resurrect and together they will meet the lord in the air now unbelievers or people who are not saved or people who are not part of the church of christ will not will only see or will will notice that people are gone people have are, have left but they will not see jesus christ but in the second coming they will see jesus christ First um, Thessalonians chapter four verse fifteen, it says that um, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ will by no means precede those who are dead. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then who, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. And thus we shall be with the Lord. And he says here in verse 18, which is the focus of this slide, is that therefore comfort one another with these words. I mean, this part is so important to me that whenever we talk about the rapture, the first thing people think about is, am I going to be part or I'm not going to be part? And people sometimes use the rapture of the church or the 
um, the appearing of Jesus Christ to bully people, to scare people. And whenever we want to, um, whenever people think about the rapture of the church, it brings fear to them. But that is not the point of um, Paul's writing when he was talking about the rapture of the church. He, Paul's focus was to comfort the believers at that time. His intention for writing was that there were, he says that when you read from the beginning, he says, do not sorrow beyond measure as, though, as those who are without hope. For this is what is going to happen. For this is the word of the Lord. So he was using this words to comfort the believers. And so we should not, the initial use of the, um, the preaching or the message of the rapture was not to scare people, was not to bully people, was not to bring fear into people, but was to bring comfort. And he reminds the believers that we should comfort one another with these things, that we have an eternal hope, that one day we are going to be with Christ, that one day we are going to meet him. When we think about the rapture, it should bring us comfort. When we think about the rapture, there should be peace in our heart. There should not be fear, but there should be peace in our heart. And the purpose of this message is to bring comfort to the believers. And again, there, there have been discussions. Others believe that um, 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 when the Bible talks about the, um, the, pers- uh, the thing or the, um, the entity that will be taken away from the earth before the release of um, the Antichrist, others say that it is going to be um, the Holy Spirit. But um, I, th- I believe that it's, it's the church that the Bible is referring to when you read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. The Bible says, Do you not re- remember that when I was still with you, I told you this. Today we're going to read um, a number of scriptures. So please bear with me since it's Bible studies. Um, Do you not remember that when I was with when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will, be, will um, consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So we know that it is the second coming of the Lord where he is going to wage war against the unbelievers, against the army of Satan with the words of his mouth. And at that point, that is the second coming when the Lord is coming down with the saints and the Lord is leading the saints to battle or to um, declare the victory over Satan and the power of darkness. The Bible in verse 9 says the coming of the lawless um, one is according to the working of Satan with all power and sign and, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they may be saved. For this reason, God will send them a strong delusion and that they should believe the lie that they, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And so the, the, lawless, um, the lawless one, that is the Antichrist, the Bible says that the, that mystery is already at work. In, when you read Second Peter, it tells us the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. But the one who is restraining the Antichrist is the church. And until the church is taken out of the way, the Antichrist um, cannot be revealed and will not be revealed. Some people have said it is the Holy Spirit um, who is restraining. But then... 
when you look at things that are going to take place after the rapture of the church, um, people are still going to be, be saved because the Bible tells us that there are people who will come out of the rapture, people who are going to actually be martyred for their faith. People are going to be saved at that time. And we know that salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit. When people hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit brings conviction. The Holy Spirit convicts people of their sins. And so if people are going to be saved at that time, the Holy Spirit will have to be present. We know that the two witnesses are also going to be around. And if the two witnesses are going to be around, are later going to, um, going to come to the scene and they are going to work um they are going to work some wonders that it's going to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, even though the, um, 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 we don't have a, we, we don't have a consensus on who the, the, um, the restrainer is, but I believe here that it is the church because the Bible tells us categorically that the church is going to be taken away. But, the work of the Holy Spirit will have to be, will have to continue during the time of the tribulation. People will have to be saved. People will have to, um, the two witnesses will demonstrate some power of the some power of God, which is which are all the work of the Holy Spirit. And so the restrainer is going to be the restrainer is the church which will be taken away. And so again, I'm saying this. I'm saying that to say this that the church will be taken out of the tribulation. The church. When the church is taken away, that is when this tribulation, actually the seven years of tribulation start. And after the end of the seven years, that is when Christ is going to come down on earth and he's coming with the saints. Again, the Bible tells us that Christ has not appointed us unto wrath, but that, but, but that we should obtain salvation through Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we should live together with him. We are not appointed unto wrath. Like I said last week, that the wrath of God is not directed towards the people of God. It's directed towards the sons of disobedience. And so we should know that the church of God is not going to go through the tribulation. And we should be prepared so that we go with the church or so that we are raptured together with the church when Jesus Christ appears in the clouds. Amen. Right, and now I just want us to go into chapter 4 of Revelation. Because a lot of people place the, um, the, the rapture of the church before chapter 4. And that is why I wanted us to talk about the rapture before we talk about chapter 4. Because it is closely, I believe that it is closely related. I believe strongly that the church is going to be raptured before um, the tribulation. That's why I wanted us to talk about the rapture. Now, chapter 4, the Bible says that after this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I'll show you the things which must happen. Which I'm sorry, I'll show you the things which must be afterwards. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a, a throne as set in heaven. And the one who sat on the throne, and he who sat on to look upon, I'm sorry, he who sat, he and he that sat was to look up, upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow around 
about the throne in the sight of in sight like unto emerald now this is um this is john the bible say he said again here that he was in the spirit and i think um, we have explained that being in the um, being in the spirit earlier now in this instance john was given an ability to see what was transpiring in heaven what was happening in heaven and again you see a lot of similarities between the scriptures that we have read that talks about the rapture and what john is describing here he had a voice um, there was a sound of a trumpet and the bible and he had a voice that told him to come up hither and come up hither is the same word that is used when um when 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 god commands the two witnesses to come up into heaven and so a lot of people have said that here john was given some sort of experience or some sort of similarity to the rapture john had some sort of similarity to um, the experience of the rapture but then that is not the focus here the focus here is that after we talked about the churches and what is going to happen to the churches bible says after this i look so this is a beginning of a new um a new chapter this is a beginning of a new story john is about to explain something else that he saw now the focus shift from the earth the focus shift from the church in from um from what is happening on earth and shift into heaven now john gets an experience where he sees what is going on in heaven so he, he he's describing what he sees in heaven he saw somebody sitting on a throne he saw jasper sardine stone and he saw a rainbow. We know that the rainbow was a sign of God's faithfulness. When God had a covenant um, with Noah, he, he, he promised him that he wasn't going to destroy the earth again. And the sign of that covenant was the rainbow. Rainbow here represents God's faithfulness. And I'm going to read from verse 4. It says, And around the throne were 24, um, 24 thrones and on the 24 thrones i saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had a crown of gold on their heads and from the throne proceeded lightning thunders and voices seven um seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits before the throne where uh, where was before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in the front, in the back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. And the third living creature was, had a face of a man. And the fourth living creature was like an eagle flying. The four living creatures, each, had, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And so there's a description of um, um, some living creatures here. And these living creatures are already mentioned in the Bible. We see Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. He, um, he mentioned these four living creatures in his vision. Now, this again, for me, confirms the consistency of the Bible. Even though the time that Isaiah wrote this, his revelation, he described these creatures that he saw in heaven. John also writing in a different dispensation, in a different geographical location, describes the same thing that Isaiah saw. 
they saw the same vision in heaven. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1, uh, and the Bible says, In the year that King Hosea died, I, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne. And so Isaiah also got access to heaven and he saw what was happening in heaven. He said, And the Lord was sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each, each one had six wings. With the two they covered their f the face, his face, and with the two he covered his feet. And with the two he, he flew. And one cried to another, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The earth is full of his glory. You see that the cry is very, very similar to what Isaiah saw. The revelation that Isaiah saw with creatures with six wings and they were they were crying, holy, holy, holy. And John also mentioned the same thing, that he saw these creatures, they were crying, holy, 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 and they were praising God. In Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel also saw a similar vision where he saw these creatures in heaven. Ezekiel um, chapter 1 from verse 4 to verse 12. Ezekiel says that, Then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north. A great cloud with ranging fire engulfing it itself, and brightness was all around it, radiating out of its mist like the color of amber, out of the mist of the fire. Also from within it came likeness of four living creatures, and this, and this was the appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces. Each one had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the sole of their feet were like the sole of calves, calves' feet, and they, they sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hand of a man were under their wings, on their four sides, and each of their four, each of the four had faces and wings. Sorry. Each of the four had faces and wings. The creatures did not turn. When they went, but each of them straight for um, straightforward. As for the likeness of their faces, each had a face of a man, each had the face of a lion on the right side, each had the face of an ox on the left side, and each had the face of an eagle. Again, Ezekiel is describing the same thing that John is describing that he saw these four living creatures. Now, we don't have so much details about these four living creatures, but these four living creatures have, in the, um, have also been used to represent the Gospels or how Jesus Christ is presented in the Gospels. Now, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus Christ is presented as a king, and therefore, that is used to represent the face of a lion. Jesus Christ is pre um, presented in the Gospel of Mark as a servant, which is used to represent the face of the calf. Jesus Christ is presented in um, the Gospel of Luke as a man. And so the Gospel of Luke usually talks about Jesus Christ. It mentions the Son of Man, the Son of Man, the Son of Man. The Gospel of Matthew, which is presenting Jesus Christ as a king, talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It talks a lot about the kingdom. And that is why even when it begins... Um, the chapter 1 talks about the genealogy of Jesus Christ, tracing Jesus Christ to David. 
trying to point to its readers that Jesus Christ is a king. And so it presents Jesus Christ as a lion, as a king. And the, the, um, the gospel of Mark presents Jesus Christ as a servant. And so one of the words that, uh, one of the phrases that we see a lot in the gospel of Mark is, and immediately, and immediately, and immediately. The gospel of Mark does not give Jesus Christ any form of introduction. A servant does not really need introduction. Jesus Christ goes straight into, into action. When you read the Gospel of Mark, and so that is the face of a calf or the face of a servant, and then um, Luke presents Jesus Christ as a man. So he talks about the Son of Man, the Son of Man, and even you can tell from the genealogy of Jesus Christ that is presented in the book of Luke. Now John talks about the divinity of Jesus Christ, which is the face of an eagle, and so John um, is, is John describes Jesus Christ is when you start from chapter one, he says in the beginning. Was the word the word was with God and the word was with God. So John talks about the divinity of Jesus Christ. So the various faces of um, this creature has been um, used to re um, to represent how Jesus Christ is presented to us in the Gospels. But we don't know exactly what these four creatures are. There might be speculations about what they are, but then we can use. Um, the, the, the Bible only talks about the fact that these creatures are in heaven. They are before the presence of God in heaven. And they worship God day and night. As it's presented, as you can see in, in, in Ezekiel's presentation or in Ezekiel's, um, rev, um, in Ezekiel's revelation, in Isaiah's revelation of heaven, and in John's revelation of heaven, you see that there is an agreement. They all, even though this were, these things were, were written in, S several years apart, different lo geographical locations, but you see that they make sense. They all talk about the same things. And the Bible says that there are 24 elders who are also in the, present, in the presence of God in heaven. And these 24 elders were bowing down and were worshiping God. I'm going to read from verse 9. I'm sorry, the Bible again talks about the seven spirit of God. I think that we have touched on the seven spirit of God. Um, a number of times since we started Revelations, the seven spirit of God we have said is the Holy Spirit. Right. And so from verse 7, the Bible says that um, I'm reading the new, um, new King James Version. The Bible says the first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, having, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. This is very consistent with what um, I, um, Isaiah saw. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor, I want us to note verse 9. Whenever the living creatures give, give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and you, and by, by your will they exist, and they were created. 
And so we see that there is other in, in, in the worship that they are having in heaven. There is the worship is very orderly. They follow a particular order. They are worshiping in an order. The Bible says when the living creatures give glory and thanks to he to he who sits on the throne who lives forever, the 24 elders will also bow down. To him who sits on the throne. So the worship that was ha- happening in heaven was in a very orderly form. There was no um, disorder or that they were just following a particular order and they were worshiping um, God. Amen. All right. I think we still have some time so we can um, start with Revelation chapter 5. And in chapter 5, the Bible says that, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll, the scrolls or to look at it. But the one But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. So the Bible says that now, in the vision, John saw that in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, which is God sitting on the throne, there was a seal. Now, when we read, when we go um, further, you realize that these seals was um, the judgment of the earth or what was going to transpire to the, um, to the unbelieving people or was going to launch the, um, the release of the tribulations. And now no one was worthy to open the scrolls because the Bible tells us that all authority has been given to Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ overcame on the cross. When Jesus Christ got the victory for the saints on the cross, he overcame. And so he was the only one who had power or who had the authority to open the scrolls. No one in heaven was worthy to open the scrolls. But then, so when John saw that no one would be able to open the scrolls, Bible says that um, John is telling us that he wept because he said that no one was found worthy to open the scrolls and to read it or to look in it. But one of the elders, we saw, we know that there are 24 elders in heaven. John says that one of the elders came to him and said, Behold, he says, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesse, has prevailed. Now the question is, how did Jesus Christ prevail? Jesus Christ prevailed by dying on the cross. He prevailed by dying and resurrect, but through his death and his resurrection, he prevailed. And that gave him the authority, that gave him the power to be able to open the scrolls, to be able to bring judgment upon the earth, to be able to bring judgment upon the unbelieving people, and to be able to reward those who believe. Jesus Christ had the authority to do that because he laid down his life by dying on the cross and he resurrected. So he was the only one who had authority to open the scrolls and to read what was in it and we'll see when he reads what is in the scrolls or when the scrolls are open we'll see as we continue to read what is going to happen in verse 6 and verse 7 we are going to see what is going to happen on earth 
when the scrolls are read or when the seals and the scrolls are released. And, and, and then verse 6, John says, and, and I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne... And of the four, on the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders to the lamp, as though it, it had been slain, with seven horns and seven eyes, and the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And so when John looked again, the Bible says that he saw a lamp that was slain again. We know that the lamb that was slain, the lamb of God that was slain, the same description that John the Baptist gave to Jesus Christ, that he is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the earth. The lamb that was slain, who was standing in the midst of the throne, was Jesus Christ. He was standing in the midst of the four living creatures. In the midst of the elders, he stood as a lamb, and though it was, though it, was it had been slain. So John, in the vision saw that Jesus, um, there was a lamp that was standing there. The lamp had been slain. And this lamp is Jesus Christ. The Bible says he had seven horns. In the book of Daniel, it tells us that horns represents authority and seven represents perfection. So Jesus Christ had total authority. All authority had been given to him at that time. When he saw the, 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 the lamp, the lamp had seven horns. He had seven eyes. He knew he knows everything. The Lamb had all authority. He knows everything. Jesus Christ is omniscient. He knows everything. And then he had the seven spirits of God. The seven spirit of God, that is the perfection. The Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And when when um we know even in conception here on earth. It was through the Holy Spirit. When he was introduced again into ministry, the Bible says he had the Holy Spirit. And Isaiah, um, Isaiah also mentions the seventh spirit of God. Isaiah mentions the seventh spirit of God, which is again the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus Christ here is described as the lamp that was slain. Jesus Christ is described as a lamb that was slain. Again, he is described as one having seven horns, which is all authority or total authority. He is described as having seven eyes, which is knowing all things or all knowing. He is described as having the Holy Spirit. And that is the qualification. That is what qualifies him to be the judge of this earth. To be the one who executes judgment or who rewards the people of God. Because he had overcome. Because he has all authority. Because he knows all things. Because he has the fullness of the spirit of God. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that in him dwells the fullness of God. Or the, the fullness of the Godhead. The Bible tells us again that all authority has been given to him. That the Father has committed judgment unto Jesus Christ. And how did Jesus Christ get this authority? The Bible t tells us that he has earned a name that is above every other name. That at the mention of the name Jesus Christ, every knee should bow. Of things on earth and things under the earth. And so because he, he died on the cross and he rose again. The Father had given him all authority to execute judgment. 
He says, Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat the throne. So Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain, came to take the scroll out of the hand of God the Father because we've seen that God was on the on the throne. There was a rainbow um, on There was a rainbow above the throne as we have described in chapter 4. And then there was a scroll in his hand. And John said nobody was able to take the scroll. So when he saw it, he was, John was sad and he began to wept. But an elder came to him and said to him that the lamp of God who was slain, has overcome and he's able to open the scroll and to execute. So the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ therefore came and he took the scroll from the hands of the Father and he opened it. Now, in verse 8, the Bible says, Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowl, Full of the full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals, for you were slain, and you redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests. To our God. Now, I want us to note very, very well what what is happening here. The Bible says that um, when Jesus Christ took the scroll, the twenty four elders fell down before the Lamb, having and have and a golden bowl of incense, which is the prayer of the saints. What that means to us as believers is that our prayers get into heaven. Our prayers has a sweet smell in heaven. And whenever we pray, there is a sweet smell in heaven. And this will encourage us to continue to pray. And not give up in prayer. Because whenever we pray, it gets into heaven. This should be an encouragement to all of us. That every time we pray, it actually gets into heaven. So this should encourage you. And it actually creates a good fragrance in heaven. It should be an encouragement to us. And the Bible says the 24 elders were singing a new song. And let's pay attention to the words of the song. They are saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and you redeemed us. The 24 elders are saying that you redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. The 24 elders are saying they were redeemed. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nations. 24 elders are still saying that you have made us kings and priests unto God. Now we know this description has been given to a certain group of people in the Bible. The Bible says that we have been made kings and priests. Now that these 24 elders are also saying that they have also been redeemed from the earth. They have also been made kings and priests. They have been redeemed from every tongue, from every tribe, from from people of um from from uh, I mean out of every tribe every tongue and people and nations and they also have been made kings and priests unto God and they shall reign together with him 
and we shall reign on the earth. And so this, this is the song the 24 elders were singing. It gives us a, um, an idea of the, the origin of the 24 elders. Because they, they are saying that they were redeemed from the earth, from every tribe, from, every pe- from, from the people. And they also are taking on the um, kingship and priesthood, which is the description that is given to the people of God. In Second Peter, it says, we have been made a royal priesthood, a holy nation or a, partic- a peculiar nation that we should show forth the praise of him who has called us. Now, in, in verse 11, the Bible says, Now I look and heard a voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and, and thousands of thousands. This is not a particular number, but then it tells you that there were a lot of people, there were numerous of people who were present in heaven. And they were saying, they were saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Bless, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Amen. And so we see that in heaven, there is worship that is going on. The angels are worshipping God. The twenty-four elders are worshipping God. And they fell, the Bible says they fall down, they fell down and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And so just in a form of recap, uh, we should understand that the church of God is going to be snatched, is going to be raptured at a certain point. Um, And therefore, as people of God, we have to prepare ourselves. We have to be ready for the rapture because the church is going to be snatched away one day. Let's all make it our goal. Let's all make it our aim to be part of the people who will be raptured. God is going to snatch away the church one day. God is going to take away the church from the earth. And we should know that the church is going to be taken away before the tribulation. The church will be taken out of the tribulation. The church will be saved out of tribulation. Because tribulation is the release of God's wrath. And God's wrath is not directed towards his people. It's not directed against his people. But it's directed towards the sons of disobedience. We, the Bible tells us that we are not the sons of disobedience because we have heeded to the call of God. We have believed in Jesus Christ. And so what we have to do is not to be afraid when we hear about the rapture or the second coming of Jesus Christ. We don't have to be scared. We don't have to be afraid. But we have to stay faithful. Just like Christ commended the faithful church and promised them that he was going to take them away from the time of tribulation that will come upon all the earth. We should be prepared. We should be ready when Christ comes so that we will not be missing among the people of God when, when he finally comes and we meet him in the, in the clouds. I pray that all of us will be found there and we'll meet Christ together in the cloud. And the Bible says, "For so shall we be with him forever. Amen. Now, is there any question? Is there any question?
Is there any question?